Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show, where we talk quality of healthcare and explore what that actually means. Let's dig into performance measurements, the equipped platform, pharmacy goals, and personal goals. We will also occasionally cover topical healthcare news and maybe throw into the conversation a few of our own nerdy passions and hobbies. So turn us up. The Quality Corner Show starts now. Hello, Quality Corner Show listeners. This is your host, Nick Dorich, and we welcome you to episode number 44 of the Quality Corner Show. A lot of our previous episodes or more recent episodes have focused on education and process uh, around different topics, but we wanted to slow things down and take a bit of a different approach for today. It's been a while since we've had a chance to catch up some of our old friends from prior podcasts, and as there's been a lot of activities going on in the world because of COVID or things getting back into the fold because of more of a response due to COVID, we wanted to take this opportunity to review how pharmacies are operating and just how some of our uh, collaborators with the PQS team have been functioning. So with that, I'm going to be excited today to bring back a familiar guest, that being Jasmine Perry, now a third-year PharmD candidate at the UNC Eshelman School of Pharmacy. Uh, So we we had had Jasmine over the summer uh, at the PQS team, and she had done a great job working with our communications, but we're happy to bring her back in for today's podcast. So Jasmine, welcome back to the Quality Corner Show. Thank you so much for having me. This time feels a little bit less nerve-wracking, so I'm really excited for the conversation. (laughs) Jasmine, I'm really excited to hear that. Uh, And I know you've been back into the normal fold of uh, school operations. We'll get into that during our discussion here uh, a little bit. Um, But we're we're glad that there's some sense of normalcy that's there. We miss having you as part of the PQS team on a routine day in, day out basis. But we're going to look forward to having your perspective for today's conversation. So before we jump into that, do you mind just giving a quick update uh, where you've gone or where you've been since the summer ended and the fall has started? Well, honestly, I feel like my summer and my fall kind of ran together with COVID-19 and social distancing and being at home all the time. I don't necessarily think that I had a traditional summer. So going into the fall, I was still in the swing of things coming off my PQS internship and working um, for most of the week. So I think that the fall has started with I had great momentum. So I'm currently on rotations at the UNC Medical Center. So initially I did a cardiology rotation, which was very, very exciting. I actually did a blog post at PQS over the summer about cardiology. So I was ready. I was energized. I learned a lot about ACS, a lot about heart attacks. So cardiology was fun. And right now I'm doing pediatrics. So something completely different, but of course it's a learning experience. So Coming from PQS over the summer to direct patient care has been a little bit of a transition, but while working at PQS, I feel like I still kept my clinical knowledge up, so it's been a pretty smooth transition. It's great to hear, Jasmine. Thanks for that uh, and background or how things have been going for you. I, it, it's an important item, and you talked about how there's a little bit of variety, the work you've been doing now with your rotation, working for PQS. That's important for pharmacists, right? Pharmacists are never doing the same thing day in and day out. That's part of the the benefit being a pharmacist. You're never really going to be tired doing the same thing. It can also be a little part that introduces uh, unique chaos that may not be the same for other, for other fields. So uh, I appreciate your context there. We're going to go ahead and jump into our questions for today. I'm looking forward to this discussion. I think you've got a lot to add, add for our listeners and 
uh, topics that are going to be topical for the world we're in today and look forward to your perspective. So we'll, we'll jump in. And uh, Jasmine, the first thing I want to talk about with you today, you mentioned your experience here at, at PQS and working with our team, working with Equip and working with pharmacies. Can you share a little bit about your experience here and what you learned what maybe you didn't learn before, and if you've got any tips for pharmacies based on your experience now. So that's a really good question. Honestly, prior to my internship at PQS, um, the majority of my work was in community pharmacies. I had done one rotation experience at a community pharmacy that was incredibly innovative. So prior to here, I did a lot of MTMs, a lot of talking with patients about adherence, but I really had no idea about how all the pieces of the puzzle fit together. And honestly, being an intern at PQS has opened my mind to all the possibilities of where pharmacy could potentially go, all the great programs that are happening right now, all the, I guess, innovation that community pharmacies are using to not only impact patient care, but ultimately impact health outcomes. So I think that PQS definitely gave me a great idea about managed care and how all the pieces of the puzzle fit together for pharmacy for value-based care. So I learned a lot. Um, I asked a ton of questions. I really didn't have a great idea of what managed care and value-based care was before. So I'm really thankful to PQS for answering my 1 million questions while there. And I definitely think that what I learned at PQS gives me a different outlook now in the community pharmacy space. So MTM seem a little bit more exciting because I know that the end result is great and patients are ultimately the number one priority in pharmacy. So going from PQS to community pharmacy again has been really, really eye-opening. And I have a new outlook on exactly how quality metrics play into health outcomes for patients. It's great to hear that perspective, Jasmine. It makes me really proud that we gave you a good experience and that you learned a lot. The, the context around how these different services and how value-based payment, working with payers, pharmacies. Pharmacies are doing a lot. And there's a lot of ups and downs in pharmacy. And so having been through the PQS experience, uh, you mentioned you gave us a lot of different questions. I'm going to try to uh, give you one question here that's going to have big impact. So we'll, I'll do my best. From your experience, did it change your outlook? Did it change your positivity about the future of pharmacy and getting to expand your uh your mindset on how different groups are looking at how patient care can be improved? So I definitely think working at PQS and being kind of behind the scenes changed my outlook on community pharmacy. Sometimes community pharmacy is really, really busy. So encouraging a patient to fill medications and giving them a call to say, hey, are you going to pick up your medications can seem a little bit daunting because you have so much to do in the workflow. But now on the other side of things, I definitely see how it has a huge impact. So patient health is number one. And in community pharmacy, you can sometimes feel like, wow, I'm really busy. I have a lot to do. But working at PQS let me see, wow, these are really, really great interventions and they have really, really great impacts on patient care, especially something as simple as saying, hey, make sure you take your statin today and make sure you're taking it every single day can have huge impacts on reducing a heart attack. So being at PQS definitely let me see that what I'm doing in community pharmacy has gigantic impacts, whether you are super busy or whether you're on the phone call with a patient. So I definitely think PQS gave me a new outlook. 
Jasmine, that's great. Thank you. And you brought important context. Sometimes it's difficult to see the forest through the trees. So actively as a pharmacist, day in and day out while you're doing an adherence intervention or while you're working with patients on getting them enrolled for a Medicare plan, et cetera, it can be easy to think about this as just the, it's the job that I do. But you have to think about it from the patient perspective. What am I doing to help that patient? How am I helping them improve their care? And ultimately, if you're helping your team improve how they're operating in the pharmacy so that they can be more efficient and uh, more able to connect with the patients, that's going to have the biggest benefit. So glad you were able to see that and help connect some of those dots. Uh, that alone for me makes it a worthwhile experience for you to have been here. And that's not even taking into account all the work you did to help us educate pharmacy. So thank you for that as well. Uh, I'll move into our second question and to our next topic. You are back now on rotation, as you mentioned, at the hospital, and that's perhaps on campus. And so things have really changed uh, in the last few months when we had a lot of shutdowns in different areas, admittedly, are in different stages or phases of reopening. So from your experience, uh, I'm no longer a college student. Uh, that's a different phase in my life. But for others who have kind of been there or are working in hospitals, healthcare settings, what have you seen that's kind of different? How have you seen people expecting or reacting to those changes? This is just looking to get a little bit of an unfiltered opinion from somebody who's um, had experience being back with community pharmacy, maybe in a hospital pharmacy, but also on a college campus. So I, I think you're getting a lot of different experiences that at this point, many people aren't getting that same benefit. Yeah, so COVID-19 changed everybody's life in dramatic ways. So I was a little bit nervous or hesitant to go back to the hospital or go back to school just because I had been at home all summer. So being at home for months and then transitioning to being on a medical team was pretty scary for me. But when I actually got to the hospital and I saw how things were running, um, I felt really safe. So honestly, the biggest change is PPE. So everybody has to wear PPE, including patients if they're able to. So I think that that's what makes me feel really safe. But also the idea that all employees and all students who enter the hospital have to do wellness checks, that also makes me feel pretty safe. So I think that the precautions that are being taken initially, it was a little bit of an adjustment, but it makes me feel really safe. I don't really feel like I'm at risk. And if I ever feel uncomfortable, the medical team understands and my preceptor understands. So if I'm uncomfortable, I don't have to do anything that I feel will put me at risk. So being at the hospital in the medical setting has been a really smooth transition, I would say. And in terms of community pharmacy, I guess the biggest thing, we also wear PPE, but some patients feel like there's a little bit of a barrier to communication. So in some community pharmacies, they're like, there's like a glass up. So patients can't um, directly speak with you as somewhat of a barrier between you. So some patients do feel like that's a little bit of a hurdle, but after speaking with them and letting them know that everybody's safety is a priority, I think that they really see the bigger picture. So, so far things are going smooth. No concerns on my part about COVID-19 right now. You mind sharing a little bit around what are some of those health and wellness checks um, that that is are happening at your particular location? Again, different locations may have different approaches based on information. And, and as everything with COVID, we are learning along the way. So I don't want to point our listeners to saying that, hey, the way that Jasmine is doing it is the only way to do it. But I think just expanding upon that, because from my experience, I know speaking with with others that are maybe going back to the office in different settings or having more patients come in as things open up, that can be a little bit of a concern as well. So do you mind sharing a little bit on some of those details? 
Sure. So it's a little bit different for different areas, but number one, PPE, everybody has to wear a mask and goggles. So it's two different barriers. And I think that the goggles, I don't know if it's like a mind thing, but they literally make me feel like so safe. So beyond that, the wellness checks include, um, you have to fill out a daily survey um, and they have to be sent to your manager. So the survey basically asks you questions like, have you been in contact with anyone? How are you feeling today? And there are also um, temperature checks. So they make sure that everybody is feeling okay and feeling safe before they enter the workplace. Great. Thank you. We'll get to our last question or topic for today. And it's the item that's that's most popular right now. And it's the topic of immunizations. I, I don't think I see or go anywhere without hearing about immunizations. It coming up as a question from a friend, from a professional colleague, former classmate, or even in my business conversations with different organizations. Uh, right now, as we're recording this podcast, we are in mid-September 2020 to, to date our podcast, if you will, here. And already what we're seeing from and hearing from many is that we are at already the peak of flu shot administration season. I had to make sure I had my wording correct there. Uh, so we're not actively seeing or hearing a whole lot about flu. And actually, a lot of indications from the Southern Hemisphere, which based on, on trending, they tend to get their flu season before we do, obviously due to tilt of the earth and how seasons work. Uh, but typically, the flu season that they get is is what typically leads into for us in the Northern Hemisphere, which are what our flu season is going to be like. Now, in the Southern Hemisphere, there was a lot of reduction for flu probably do, and probably, I'm not going to get into correlation, causation, et cetera, but probably do to a lot of social distancing, mask wearing, et cetera, increased PPE, uh, et cetera. But as pharmacies and as health professionals have been talking about, one of the best things that people can do here and now for their health and their well-being going forward is getting a flu shot. Many people have been doing that already, and many people are going to pharmacies to do that because their doctor's offices may be closed or limited, and they wouldn't be able to get them, or maybe they would get flu shot at a clinic, at their kid's school, or at a senior center, or something else like that. So Jasmine, I'll pose the question here to you now, uh, with all of that as the background. Have you been working in pharmacy? Have you been seeing flu shot administration? Have you been hearing from some of your classmates or your colleagues or and your professors about how things are going? We've had a couple of conversations on the show about flu shots and uh, PPE and COVID, but now that we're actively into the season, I'd like to see if that's if there's anything you can share about that topic firsthand. So I've definitely seen a lot of patients come in to get flu vaccines. And in reality, I was a little bit surprised at the number of people who are coming in to get flu vaccines. And it's also an interesting, I guess, twist on things that pediatric patients are coming into community pharmacies now to get vaccines. So I didn't know if pediatric patients would be um, coming into community pharmacies at such a high rate, but working in community pharmacy, I have seen families come in to get vaccines. So it's pretty refreshing to see that everybody's taking this flu season very seriously. I will also say that at the School of Pharmacy, there have been lots of clinics and lots of opportunities for students to get and give vaccines. So I recently worked at a clinic um, hosted in student stores where students can come in and get vaccines. So in that capacity, lots of students are coming in. And also I went to a flu shot clinic to actually get mine at school. And I guess the interesting thing about it is that it was held outside. So that was a little bit interesting, but I also understand that it's a little bit safer for everybody involved. So 
flu shots are in full swing and community pharmacy is booming right now given flu vaccines. It's a little bit interesting, but also I'm grateful that people are taking it very seriously. Yeah, I certainly agree with you on that. I know. So I'm I'm scheduled to get my flu shot from my local pharmacy next week. And I had contacted my pharmacist ahead of time to make sure one, they had availability of it, uh, because that's been already a question or issue based on distribution cycle for flu vaccine. And I've heard from numerous pharmacy organizations that they've had to contact patients and get a waiting list going. So that's an issue. But when I contacted my pharmacy as well, I had to ask, I've seen more about pharmacies having forms that can be filled out online. So there's less time for the patient to spend in the pharmacy. I had to ask them as well, is this something where I can just pull up to the parking spot or into the parking lot somewhere and you come by and, and I'm sitting in my car again with the immunization. This pharmacy's not doing that. I'm still coming into the store. Uh, they gave me the rundown of what I need to have as far as PPE to enter the location. Uh, but it's very interesting experience. And as I've looked at different pharmacies and how they've operated, we can go back to some of our prior episodes with either Dr. Ben McNabb or Dr. David Zagarek about flu and pharmacies. You can really see and hear how some of the thoughts that came through the summer on how to be successful. Some pharmacies have taken that uh, head on and are having a pretty, I don't want to say easy, but it's a better communication with patients around what those expectations are versus patients not being able to find that information that can lead to chaos and confusion. And certainly just as everything goes right now, it's important for pharmacies to be very direct and informative around immunization information, because while we have flu vaccine here and now, in Fingers crossed, in a few months, we'll have COVID vaccine uh, to be handling for, for distribution. So Jasmine, different question for you. Again, you're bringing a different perspective as a student pharmacist and someone who's getting to work in different opportunities. Are there things that you've heard or heard to expect about COVID vaccine uh, just from some of your experience thus far? Um, I guess based on my experience, I think the biggest thing is patient trust and then feeling safe with the vaccines. So um, I've had conversations with pharmacists about patients trusting the scientific process. And because a lot of people don't necessarily understand, I guess, exactly how science works, they have a little bit of mistrust with the COVID vaccine. And when it eventually does come out, I think it's going to take a lot of education and a lot of pharmacists advocating for patients to receive the vaccine and that it's safe and we wouldn't put them in harm's way. So I just... I. Definitely think that when the vaccine comes out, it's going to be a lot of pharmacists educating and dispelling myths and rumors about the vaccine. I think that's the biggest thing right now. It's going to be a key part for pharmacists, key role for pharmacists to play, right? Patients typically see their pharmacist more than they do any other healthcare provider, right? So when it comes to education opportunities, those may be quick meetings, but it's a lot of meetings. And how you take the advantage of every one of those opportunities can really be successful. Uh, you never know for a particular patient who they're communicating with or the network that they have, right? If they've got a large family, people with other comorbidities that may be uncertain about getting the vaccine. Um, those are patients we wanna make sure are getting the vaccine. There's gonna be questions around prioritization when the vaccine does become available. So I think you're absolutely 100% correct. Pharmacists are gonna have a role in the uh, distribution administration for the vaccine, but we should be doing our part now around education. That question I threw to you uh, as a curveball here well, was not part of our script ahead of time, but uh, you knocked that one out of the park. So thanks for, for addressing that. Thank and, you. Yeah, that covers it as far as our official questions for today's podcast. Again, a couple of relevant timely topical questions. And Jasmine, as always, has been a, a fantastic person for us to communicate with. 
Uh, Jasmine, do you mind for our listeners, again, I know um, you've had uh, some, some experience for yourself with social media, your YouTube channel, that, that sort of thing that, that's out there. Do you mind uh, just sharing you know, where folks uh, can find any information that you may have or your YouTube channel? Wow, thank you, Nick. So I have a YouTube channel and very exciting. I'm almost at 50,000 views. So hopefully you guys go check it out. So if you go to youtube.com slash jazzdanielle1, so J-A-S-D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, the number one, you can find me on YouTube. I have lots of interesting videos about pharmacy school and how pharmacy students can take advantage of the process and learn throughout our journey in pharmacy school. Um, Feel free to check out my YouTube channel. So thanks, Nick. Thanks, Jasmine. It's uh, really inspiring to have someone like yourself that is so active and hungry, uh, trying to make a change that's here. So thank you for being you. Thank you for contributing to some positivity that's there. We certainly need more of that in 2020. Before we close out, Jasmine, uh, I always like to give our guests an opportunity to provide any kind of final message, well wishes, just happy thoughts to our listening audience, or maybe it's a quality improvement suggestion. So I'll, I'll, I'll hand it off for you here. Any final comment that you have for our audience? I guess my final comment would be for community pharmacists right now during flu vaccine season, keep pushing. I know workflow can be pretty busy, um, but make sure that the patient is first in mind. So keep getting flu vaccines, keep counseling patients, keep pushing adherence because at the end of the day, it impacts health outcomes. So keep going community pharmacists. Excellent. Jasmine, thank you. Uh, While we are here talking about help improve patient care, a big part of it comes to showing how we can be cheerleaders. We know pharmacists are underutilized and that there's a lot more that pharmacists can do to help patients and and help our healthcare system. So again, Jasmine, thank you. Everybody be sure to check out Jasmine on her YouTube page. Uh, That's there. We've covered a lot here for today, and this was just going to be three quick topics, and and I hope you enjoyed it for for this episode. We're going to be back with some new topics about quality measures, and coming up in October, we've got American Pharmacist Month, so we've got some exciting plans for that as well. But for today, I appreciate Jasmine. I appreciate you, our listener, checking in for this episode, but we're going to close out for today. So until next time, our team here at PQS has a couple of favors to ask of you, our podcast listener. First, we encourage you to share this podcast with two friends, because if you share this with two friends and each of them shares it with two friends, it really helps us hit a larger listening audience. Second, we also want to take a moment to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you may find it. And then if you have any questions or topics you would like us to address, please contact us. The best way to do so is to email info at pharmacyquality.com. Let us know what is on your mind and what we can address so that you are fully informed. Our goal is to continuously improve our podcast content and to provide meaningful information to our listeners based on current topics in healthcare, technology, and quality measurement. We want to help you become as effective as possible in how you care for patients and improve public health outcomes. So until next time, we wish you well.